The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is sponsored by James Oliver Coffee Company at jamesolivercoffee.com. James Oliver is a second-generation family-owned and Detroit-based coffee roaster, offering 19 different blends of freshly roasted coffee. The company pioneered link temperature roasting, and they source the best beans from around the world to create an outstanding coffee experience, no matter which beans you choose. To start, try the alma mater blend. James Oliver Coffee gives $5 for each bag of its alma mater blend to the Detroit Public Schools Foundation. And don't forget, use the promo code CFSHOW, that's CFSHOW, to get 15% off your first order. James Oliver Coffee, available at select grocery stores in Metro Detroit and, of course, at jamesolivercoffee.com. Remember, use the promo code CFSHOW to get 15% off your first order. That's jamesolivercoffee.com. Greetings, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me today. And it is fall, and it is Monday, which means we get to break down another Detroit Lions football game. If you can call it that, it was a loss. Not shocking for those of us that follow the Lions on a regular basis in any way, shape, or form. But again, the Lions find a way to lose in ways that just make you shake your head. And joining me, as he always does, to break down what happened with the Lions is my good friend, Pat Batchelor. He, of course, is the morning anchor at WDET in Detroit. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Craig. I know it's been a while, and I like that mask. I don't know if that's uh, optimism, but, you know, it, it brings to mind. Everybody said, well, it's 2020. All kinds of weird things are happening, so it would only make sense that the Lions might actually be in contention this year. Um, but after yesterday, I'm suggesting probably not. That's not a good Bears team that they lost to yesterday. No, it's not really. Uh, the, uh, the, there were, there's still talk about whether Mitchell Trubisky is the quarterback of the future for the Bears. He's had success against the Lions in the past, of course, but uh, they – a combination of pretty good defense for three quarters and his own ineptitude uh, kept him from being a factor for most of the game. Uh, it wasn't until the fourth quarter that uh, the momentum shifted and we began to see men, much more familiar patterns, uh, not only from Mitchell Trubisky versus the Lions, but by the Lions themselves. Um, although I will say this, it, it was good to see football again. You know, I, I would uh, agree. You know, I mean, uh, I've... It, it's been a very weird time. Uh, they didn't have the traditional uh, uh, preseason games that uh, you normally have. Uh, so there was bound to be some rust uh, from uh, both teams. There were bound to be some, you know, miscues uh, here and there. Um, but uh, still, it was, it was good to see some actual competition. Well, I'll tell you what, as far as I'm concerned, they could abolish the preseason altogether and it wouldn't bother me at all. I, I've always thought it's nothing but uh, an opportunity for your best players to get injured. Um, and you don't really learn that much. I mean, they, they hold everything back. They're not, I mean, I, I understand shaking off the rust, but college has survived all these years without having a preseason. And that's one of the great things. You don't know what you've got until the games actually start. Of course, in college, uh, they don't have the preseason, but what they do have is uh, uh, cupcake games. You know, yeah, where, well, uh, that's true. You'll, you'll, you'll play a, a D2 school. Well, not Appalachian D2. State. Does that come to mind? Uh, you know, oh, hey, yeah, it does come to mind. Um, you know, the, the, they're, 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 not, they're not gimmies all the time, um, but, uh, you know, that, you know that, that, that's how 
the big schools work the work the bugs out early in the season. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if if not eliminate the preseason, at least reduce it to maybe a couple of games. Um, which you know, I mean, and and give give the starters more opportunity to work together and gel as a unit in game situations, uh, and uh, uh, give uh, some of the guys who are you know trying to make the roster ample opportunity to do so. Well, I think you can do that in two games. Probably not, but uh, you know, I, you know, you could. I mean, like I said, I don't like the preseason. I never have, um, and I think it takes away from the summer sports. Uh, if you've got baseball going on, it, it definitely overshadows baseball in a number of, of cases, and, and I don't like to see that. Uh, we'll talk Tigers in a little bit, just because um, Chicago and Detroit have not a good weekend for Detroit against Chicago this week. Um, but let's talk a bit about the game yesterday because. We learned a few things yesterday. Uh, Matt Stafford was pretty sharp most of the game. Um, in fact, threw a perfect pass that should have won the game at the end. DeAndre Swift, rookie, much heralded rookie, just could not hang on to that ball. He just was looking towards the goal line. All he had to do was catch it and fall backwards, and the Lions win the game probably. with uh, There would have been, what, six seconds left on the clock to give them a three-point lead. Um, like I said, perfect play call, perfect pass. And it was right on the money, hit him in the hands, and he dropped it. And, and you're like, it's way too early for this kid to be, like, as we like to call, lionized. But he apparently was yesterday as a rookie in his first game. Doesn't take long. Doesn't take long with some players, you know. And, and, and it'll be, you know, yeah, I mean, it's one game, and it would certainly be unfair to brand his entire career uh, according to that one miscue. We don't know what's ahead for this kid. Uh, you know, he could turn out to be uh, the next great rusher, uh, or he could turn out to be just a bit player, a role player in the Lions offense. But it just, th that play itself just sort of encapsulates what what we're used to uh, with uh, with this franchise, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh, I believe uh, since Matt Patricia became the head coach, the Lions have uh, lost 11 games in which they've led in the fourth quarter, uh, which is the most of any team uh, in the NFL. Uh, that that tells you something about, you know, whether it's the style of coaching, whether whether they change their strategy or whatever in the fourth quarter. Let, let me give you a contrast. Uh, it, it looked for a good long time in the fourth quarter as though, you know, they got up to 23 to six and they decided to go, all right, uh, we're, you know, we're just going to, you know, uh, play the string out and, and uh, uh, just, you know, go conservative the rest of the game. Uh, and it's a strategy. Your, your defense just isn't good enough to do that. You can't just get 23 points and, you know, against a team like the Bears, even though they struggle, uh, you, you can't just, you know, decide to ride it out the rest of the way. You got to go for the jugular. Case in point, uh, the, uh, the later game between uh, the Saints and the Buccaneers, um, Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Uh, the, I mean, you're, you're inside 20 or 30 seconds, uh, and the Saints are trying to get into the end zone with a, an 11-point lead. The game's not in doubt. All they have to do is take a knee. Sean Payton's having none of it. He's, you know, going for the jugular. That's how you, that's how you got to think in the NFL these days. Certainly that's how it is in college football. Uh, you know, it used to be that you, you didn't run up the score. But now it's necessary. You have to if you want to get into the college football playoff. And it's necessary now in the NFL if you, you know, if if you want to uh, if you want to 
win games. You gotta well, I mean, just but, not but, take your foot off the pedal. But the style points don't necessarily matter in the NFL. It just matters whether you get the win or not. And and I mean, I'll tell you what. You're talking about that conservative approach. It looked like it might work for a little while. Adrian Peterson uh, comes to the Lions and shows off some of the skills that make him a Hall of Fame back. Had a great game yesterday. Uh, it seems like you could have just kept pounding the ground with that guy for a little while and see if he can get you some first downs and work down that clock. He looked good. Um, whatever you think of Adrian Peterson, I mean, the thing is, he's a good football player. I mean, there's no getting around that. Uh, that was really interesting to see the Lions with a dominating running back. I mean, the guy ran for 90-something yards and with not that many carries. And then they just stopped giving Exactly. And, and, you know, Matthew Stafford uh, uh, made – a rookie mistake, uh, taking a sack uh, that put them on the very edge of Matt Prater's field goal range. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you got to throw the ball away in that situation. He could have thrown the ball away. Uh, and if you still go for the field goal, at least it's a lot closer uh, than, than what you have. I just, the, 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 the playmaking, the play calling just you know, continues to mystify. Uh, <laughs> like I said, they did make the perfect play call on that last or the second to last play of the game. That should have been a touchdown. I mean, you know, I've seen that happen to the Lions on numerous occasions, and it just to see it turned around once would have been nice, but uh, it was not to be yesterday. Um, but what did you see from the Lions in terms of, of their play? I thought the defense was a little bit better than I expected. Of course, they melted down in the fourth quarter, as is uh, want to happen with them. But there was a lot of discussion about whether or not they were going to be hurting in the secondary, whether the linebackers are going to play well. And you know, they gave up some runs early in the game, but for the most part, I thought they looked halfway decent. Yeah, uh, uh, they did, and uh, I'll, I'll say this: the the end of the the end of the second half was just completely the opposite of the end of the first. Um, the, the the Lions uh, punted, they they gave the ball to the Bears. Uh, the Bears went three and out. Credit the defense uh, partly for that. Then they got a nice punt return to set up a short field for Matthew Stafford, uh, who uh, just executed a perfect touchdown drive uh, with great clock management. I mean, it, it, it was just everything about that drive at the end of the first half. That's what you want to see. If they can do that more consistently, especially in the fourth quarter, they'll win more games. Um, I, I don't know where the disconnect is happening, but somehow uh, it, there's something's got to change uh, in, in the approach there, but they did some very good things. You mentioned Adrian Peterson. Yeah, the guy's still got something left in the tank. Um, the, the, the new receiver, the, the, the rookie, Cephas, he yeah. showed some good stuff yesterday. Uh, TJ Hawkinson uh, is doing uh, more. He had a great game this year. He had a pretty good game as a, as a, as a pass protector, as a blocker uh, after uh, bulking up uh, in the, in the preseason. Um, the, the defense, you know, I mean, for for three and a half quarters, the defense did pretty well, uh, all things considered, especially against a quarterback who, in the past, has had very good success against them. Um, it just, it, it all comes down to consistency. Well, again, the Lions are, are consistently inconsistent. I mean, that has been their hallmark for the last 35 years or so, or maybe a little bit more, actually. I mean, 60, I believe. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, at some point... When you're watching this team, 
for me, and everybody says, why are you still a Lions fan? Well, I mean, my life doesn't change if they win or lose. I've said that a million times. So might as well root for the home team and, and hope they do well uh, because it is enjoyable when they win. But part of me is actually watching these games, I think, to see exactly what we saw yesterday, to see which creative way the Lions can screw things up this week. And sometimes they get screwed by the refs. Sometimes they get, uh, you know, just flat out beaten by the other team. And occasionally they win, but sometimes they find ways to beat themselves. And this was one of those yesterday. Uh, where they beat themselves in a new and creative way. And just the gut punch that comes from dropping that pass in the end zone is one of those things that fans don't recover from very easily. But I think that's part of the reason we watch. Well, yeah, indeed. Uh, and, and we've talked about this before. The, uh, the Lions have elevated losing to the level of performance art. Uh, you know, it, it's just interesting to watch how... Uh, how are they going to screw this up somehow? You know, what, what new and interesting ways can they find to lose football games? And it's never dull. Uh, <laughs> That's I mean, true. Rarely, rarely do they get blown out. I mean, when, you know, when they're just, you know, when, when they're overmatched and they play a really good team and they get blown out, eh, it's kind of dull, you know, but a close game like this against, uh, against a division rival, uh, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I've, I've pointed out and, and, I do not in any way, shape, or form want to make light of the situation we're in with the global pandemic. It's been devastating. Um, but I did note, and others noted too, that for that one brief moment yesterday, the Lions provided us with some normalcy. Yeah. Uh, in, in their own unique Lions way, uh, it felt normal. You know, the... the that sort of the consistency in being inconsistent, the, uh, the, 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 the confidence that we can at least depend on the Lions always being the Lions uh, provides maybe a brief fleeting respite uh, from all of the other stuff around us. Well, uh, let, let's hold on for just a second, because for a brief while this summer, uh, for those of that actually been paying attention to baseball, and I have not been watching as closely as I normally would have, but the Tigers actually flirted with decency for a little while this year. And then the White Sox come to town. And, and I mean, the White Sox, I think the Tigers lost, what, nine out of 10 against the White Sox this year, something like that. Yeah, uh, so. and they were outscored by some ungodly margin. I mean, the White Sox just beat up on the Tigers. One of their players is batting over 500 against the Tigers this year, which is just unbelievable to me. I mean, yeah, this is a young team. Uh, the season, it looks like their playoff hopes are pretty much done. They've got like a 1% chance to make it now or something like that. But from so your perspective, chance. Yeah, that's exactly right. But from your perspective, did you learn anything from watching the Tigers this year? Uh, do you have some hope for the future? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they've got some nice young pieces. Uh, they've got uh, four players, four prospects who are ranked in the top 30 uh, in Major League Baseball. No other team has that many players uh, in the top 30 prospects. Some, a couple of them we've already seen, Tarek Skubal and Casey Mize, who was brilliant uh, in his last outing uh, against the White Sox. He uh, threw five no-hit innings. He's uh, got a wicked split-fingered fastball uh, that is, uh, you know, that, 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 makes him potentially an elite pitcher. Um, you know, again, it's a small sample size. It's, it's too early to say uh, how his career is going to go. I mean, witness, witness Michael Fulmer. You know, I mean, he was the rookie of the year, uh, his, uh, his first full season in Detroit. And then the, 
and then the injuries, the Tommy John surgery, and he's just not the same guy. We don't know what's going to happen uh, with Mize, but he sure offers uh, the, the hope that uh, the Tigers could have an elite rotation in a couple of years. Tarek Skubal, he's had a little difficulty uh, this year as a, as a rookie, but he's a left-hander. Uh, he does have good stuff. Um, Spencer Turnbull didn't pitch too well yesterday, but we've seen uh, some uh, good stuff from him. He's not exactly a prospect at this point, but, uh, you know, he's, uh, I, I think it 27. Uh, so, you know, he, he could be a fixture uh, in that rotation. Uh, we've seen, uh, I, I think, I think part of the, part of the problem with the Tigers losing uh, lately is losing Jacoby Jones uh, yeah. again to an injury. I mean, he was having a great year. Victor Reyes, I, before, back in January, before all this madness began, uh, if I was going to pick one player uh, who was going to have a breakout season for the Tigers, it would have been Victor Reyes. And he has just been lights out uh, as, a, as a leadoff hitter. Uh, he's, uh, he gets on base. Uh, he can play all parts of the outfield. Uh, you know, he's still a relatively young player. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very excited to see what Victor Reyes uh, could, could bring to this team uh, as, a, as, a, as a solid piece, uh, not only in the lineup, but in the defense. Um, same with Jamer Condelario. I mean, again, small sample size, but Condelario's uh, uh, fourth best hitter in, in the American League right now in terms of average. Uh, he's up there uh, in, uh, in, the, in the higher rankings uh, in uh, OPS, which is uh, slugging percentage uh, and on-base percentage. Um, you know, he, he, he's not hitting the ball with power, but he's hitting it uh, and, uh, and, and, and proving that he can be uh, a, a, a fixture in the lineup uh, somewhere in the middle of the lineup uh, as a as a solid hitter. Um, so yeah, I, I you know I, I I think there is optimism for the future. The Tigers have some really nice young pieces to build around. Uh, it's probably still going to be a couple of years uh, before they're you know legitimate contenders. But uh, yeah, I'm hopeful. All right. Well, last question for you, Pat, and I appreciate your time today. I, I know this, and, and the audience knows that you are a very proud graduate of the University of Michigan. Uh, we've seen a lot of controversy over the decision made by the university presidents to not play football this fall. Uh, Jim uh, Harbaugh, of course, the head coach of the Wolverines, was out there marching with some of the students, demanding football come back. Now there's word that there may be a vote coming from the Big Ten about whether or not to allow football starting in October, which would have pretty much been the beginning of the regular Big Ten season anyway. What are we hearing right now about, um, uh, about whether or not we might actually see Big Ten football this fall? Well, the, uh, the university officials from throughout the conference gathered on Sunday to get the latest did not vote. information. They did not vote. Uh, what I've read uh, so far today, uh, there does seem to be some optimism that enough schools will uh, vote to play football uh, uh, this year uh, in the Big Ten. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on university presidents to open it up and, and allow athletes to compete. But what it comes down to is uh, Mark Schlissel, who is the president of the university, he's a physician. I mean, he's familiar with medical things. And uh, his, as an alumnus, my feeling is he, the only thing that should motivate him is what is best for the university, what is best for the student athletes involved. Uh, if, if he feels as a university 
leader, as a, as a physician, that it's too dangerous, then he should continue to vote not to reopen. I mean, he shouldn't, uh, you know, he should not bow to political pressure. He should not bow to cultural pressure. Uh, he should not bow to player or any or media pressure. He should do the right thing. Uh, I think he did the right thing uh, uh, when he voted uh, not uh, voted no initially. Um, and if he does indeed vote yes, I'm confident that it'll, that it will be for the right reasons. Uh, I'm not watching college football right now because I'm you know Michigan's not playing, so why would I care? You know, I I, I don't. I don't care what the other schools are doing. I have no interest in college football if Michigan's not playing. And if they don't play, I'm fine with that. Well, I, I think it would be very, very difficult for a school like Michigan State, for instance, to to vote to allow football when they've just had to quarantine all the students on campus. I mean, that's, that's something that people will be watching. Uh, and, and hopefully they make, again, the right decision and they do it for the right reasons. That's something that I do worry about because I know that other places – you know, look, if you're in Nebraska, what else you got? That's it. Iowa, same thing. That's all they care about. They don't have the distractions that we have with the Lions, with the Tigers, and that other places have with some of their pro sports teams. You're in towns like that. That's all that matters. At least in Wisconsin, they got the Packers to watch, right? And they look like they're going to be pretty good again. Um, you know, so it, I understand why they want to do this. But at the same time, they need to consider what's happening in other parts of the country, not just their little neck of the woods. Right, exactly. And uh, Michigan State, I know that uh, they, they have the self-quarantine in place uh, for a couple of weeks, but they are allowing uh, exceptions for intercollegiate athletic training. So the players can still report to practice uh, if uh, they can uh, stay in that bubble, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I, there were some games, uh, some college games over the weekend that were postponed. Uh you know, not a lot, but a handful here and there. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I have, I have less, uh, I, I'm, I'm more trepidatious about college uh, sports resuming because these are student athletes. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're not millionaires, at least not yet. The NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, uh, the NHL, the, the last two, the NBA and the NHL, have done a magnificent job with their return uh, to uh, competition. Uh, baseball had some fits and starts. They're still having a few COVID outbreaks, but overall, they've been able to uh, proceed with the season. These guys are millionaires. You know, the players, the owners, I mean, they, they can afford the best medical uh, knowledge uh, available uh, to manage any kind of uh, uh, problems with COVID-19. Some universities like Michigan, you know, fabulous medical school, they have resources too, but not every school has that. Well, and, and the other thing that the that the pros have is the uh, the power of, of a paycheck and the need for that paycheck to get you to fall in line and do the right thing. Um, and so the athletes, for the most part, are respecting that. And you know, I think that's what it's going to take. But college kids are different than, than adults. Uh, they just are. I mean, yes, they're young adults, but um, we have seen that their behavior is not necessarily always the wisest. So, all right. Well, we'll have to leave it right there. Pat Bachelor again, is the morning anchor at WDET-FM in Detroit, Detroit's NPR station. He's got his Lions mask on today, for those of you that can see the video. And uh, we always appreciate talking to him. We'll check in next Monday. We'll see what happens then. Uh, maybe we'll have a little bit more information on what's happened with college football in this area. In the meantime, maybe the Lions, maybe they'll be 500 next week at this time. You never know. All right, thanks, Pat. Appreciate it.
And I certainly appreciate you listening to the program today. We've got a lot of stuff coming up this week. Uh, Don't forget, every Friday, we go Facebook Live and live on Deadline Detroit's YouTube page with The Week That Was, our weekly panel discussion of the news of the week. We have a lot of fun while we do that program. We have nominees for Schmuck of the Week as part of that broadcast as well. And like I said, it's designed to have fun with the news. If you can't laugh at some of the stuff that's going on, then it's going to be a long, long next two months before this election. Anyway, thanks for checking it out. Also, a big thanks to my sponsor, James Oliver Coffee, jamesolivercoffee.com. Don't forget, use that promo code CFSHOW, get 15% off your first order. And I'll tell you what, I just bought a coffee maker with a grinder in it not too long ago. And I've been buying some whole beans from from, uh, these guys. And I'll tell you what, it is amazingly uh, great how much better coffee is when it is that fresh, when it is freshly ground and made. I've got a little timer that I can set before I go to bed. I wake up, it's done. You know, that grinder noise uh, sort of works as an alarm clock, and five minutes later I got a hot cup of coffee, and it's it's uh, a good way to start the day. And I'll tell you what, I didn't realize what I'd been missing all these years um, by buying the stuff off the store shelf. And, you know, given that we're all in lockdown mode of some form or another um obviously some of us still have to go out all the time but a lot of us are working from home a lot of us are doing that we're not going to our normal places for coffee that as much as we used to so you might as well have some good stuff at home and uh, i really do love the stuff that they make so jamesolivercoffee.com check them out uh, use that promo code cf show and get 15 percent off your first order don't forget, you can send me an email, thecraigfollyshow at gmail.com is the easiest way to reach me, but I can be found all over social media as well. And uh, again, if you like what we're doing here, share it, rate it, all that good stuff. Tell people that we are doing this each and every day. The numbers are going where we need them to go. They're climbing pretty rapidly, actually, but we'd like to keep that up. That helps us sustain it and helps keep this going for a long time. So send me your suggestions, send me your ideas, and uh, thanks. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it very much. We'll talk again soon. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in the city. We're asking you to support independent local journalism by joining our $3 a month membership. By joining, you become eligible to win prizes, including tickets for sporting events and gift cards to some of Detroit's best restaurants. Just go to our website and click the ad at the top or go to www.deadlinedetroit.com slash membership.